Welcome to Remembering What Matters Most, a podcast exploring what it means to live our lives based on what is most important to us. I'm your host, Susan McNamara. I'm here today with Patty Mari, fellow yoga teacher and educator. Welcome, Patty. Good to have you here today. So we've got kind of an unusual topic, or maybe I should say a topic that uh, is going to require some exploration on our part today. Yeah, so I hope you're up for it. (laughs) So what I've been thinking about lately around the technologies and how we're using them is how is it that we can be conscious of what it is that we're losing? And it's an interesting concept or topic because if we're losing something or we're not aware that something is going, how can we even know what it is that's happening? Yeah, I'm still trying to figure that out myself. So I, I one of the things I guess that I always come back to is um, a quote by Goethe where he said, things that matter most should never be at the mercy of things which matter least. And so part of this for me is coming to that place where I'm clear enough, I guess, about what it is that matters most to me so that I don't lose track of that or that I don't let the things that are less important somehow become more important or take center stage. Right. So I think what you're saying is you don't even know what you're losing. Yes. Yeah. And I, and I feel like when I look around, and I, I don't feel like I'm alone in this, when I look around, I feel as though there's a lot that we're losing right now with the technologies, you know, these these tools basically that come into our lives and certainly bring so much. There's so many things that we can do. You know, if I think about it as a writer and what I've been able to do with the computer versus having to do that by hand or on a typewriter, when I think of us just podcasting right now. Exactly. Exactly. It is. And, and yet there's a lot that's going missing right now. And one of my concerns is that, if things go missing or if the generations to come have never had the experience of certain things, will they even know that it's gone? Will they even know that something is missing? Will they even know to go looking for something? Yeah, well, it's kind of like, um, it reminds me of this where um, certain animals are in danger right now. And let's say there were no elephants and there'd be a whole new generation of kids who grew up with without elephants so they would even never even know a world with elephants and they wouldn't know that they were missing but yet elephants are so amazing right really amazing right and and you're making me think too that that's often one of the uh focuses that i'm seeing a lot these days in terms of the environment is this real effort to make sure that kids are getting out there and that are really appreciating the natural world because if you don't love the natural world if you've never had an experience out there you're not going to know why it's so important to care about global warming or care about um, species extinction or care about you know the other all the other things that have to do with the environment and I feel like it's the same thing that's happening for us in terms of people and specifically what I often think about is what's happening or probably more to the point what's not happening in our homes with our families in the relationships in our homes and 
as a child, if I never got certain things growing up because the screens were always taking center stage, for instance. So for instance, if I never really had family dinners where we just sat together and we were together as people, or if my home was always filled with the screen on and therefore I never had to either just hang out or be bored or develop a love for reading or a hobby, how would I even know if I've never been exposed to those things or never had the opportunity, how would I even know that it went missing in my life? Yeah, it kind of reminds me of this new program I'm watching on TV called Heartland. And I love this. It's about this family. And um, they live on this horse farm up in Canada. And it's really actually a very wholesome show. But they always show the family and, like, some of the um, farmhands eating dinner together. It's a huge thing. And, and while they're eating dinner, they're talking about, things that happened on the farm. They're talking about things that happened in their lives. And it really, it's just such a touching moment because it brings them all together. Similar to, you know, like the olden days when everybody did sit down to eat dinner every single night together. Right. Now it's like, you're really, really lucky if you can squeeze that in a couple of times a week. Mm. Um, if you're a busy family and kids are doing sports. And then if the two times a week you are meeting, dinner and there are phones out and the TV's blaring, you're really not getting that at all. It's kind of sad. It's very sad. Right. Well, because I think what you're talking about is, is that we've got two things that are happening there, right? Whether that is the level of distraction that we're all living under right now. So there was a time when we were the most exciting things in the world to each other. Right. Because that's the, the it was like the only show in town, basically. And 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 yet that is actually still the truth for our children, that we need to be the most exciting show in town. And for a very long time, they think we are the most exciting show in town. But what's happening right now is that when the little ones are starting to turn towards their parents, nobody's available, nobody's around, and they're not even knowing that there could be something there happening on the other end because if our home lives are set up a certain way, our kids just get used to and think is normal whatever happens to be going on in our home, even if that doesn't happen to be particularly normal. Oh, absolutely. Um, and that comes up a lot in books, too, where the character will be like, wow, I went to my friend's house, and I didn't even realize that other families function differently than my family does. Exactly. And I also think you brought up a good point, too, about the busyness um, that we're going at such a pace right now. And because every moment seems to be filled, you know, I'm imagining on the show that you're talking about or if we hark back to another time, there was more space in our lives. There was a lot more downtime. And, and that's always the thing, too, that is really the irony for me is that, you know, if you look at what we believe and even what we've been promised and told is that through the technologies, we're going to be more efficient and we're going to have way more time, except I don't see that. I, I don't see the people around me having more time. I see them being tethered to something and I see them having more to do actually on some level than we've ever done. And it's like you need an app for this and you need an app mm -hmm. for that. Mm -hmm. and a this and a that so you have like a million logins and a million passwords and I, I just think 
we have created such a complex world. Like everything just takes so much time now. And I'm sorry, it is because of technology in some ways. It's just so complex. So for instance, my husband, um, we went camping this past weekend, Susan. In the rain, I heard. In the rain, in Vermont. (laughs) It was absolutely beautiful, except it was very damp. And from the get-go, like on the drive to Vermont, my husband was getting um, texts and and phone calls. And and this is his day off. Mm. You know, he had arranged this beforehand, had a person to fill in for him. And here he is, he's getting calls and texts, and he has to answer them on his day off. Right. Right? So, like, because he's the only one, apparently, who can, you know, fix this particular problem. So... And it, and it was very complex because service is really, like, spotty up in Vermont. Just trying to call, and the calls are dropping, and it just was so stressful. Here it is, we were trying to have a vacation, you know, and it didn't work out so well. Yeah, and I feel like in that story, there's so much. Because back in the day, when your work week was over, it was over. Mm-hmm either for the weekend or for the vacation, and people just couldn't get in touch with you. And what's interesting about that, so in your story, what's gone missing is you and your husband's ability to just be in this big open space kind of weekend together without the pressures of the work week pushing in. And then I would also say to you, what's going missing on the other side is at another time, if something was going down and your husband is um, on vacation, people at work would have had to have figured it out on their own. Yeah. They just would have. And, and that's another. So these are the things that I'm saying. It, beca- it starts to become invisible that you don't right. recognize that you're losing the resourcefulness of other people or independent thinking. And we could make the same case with our kids when you're overly available to them, they never have that kind of squeezed moment where they have to figure it out for themselves. And in this case, work. Mm. And then, of course, we're acting as if we're all way more important than we actually are, right? I mean, the world's not going to end if they don't get in touch with Dave as you guys are making up your way up to Vermont. Right. And, and that's one of the things we're losing, right? We're losing that real downtime. Yes. Because he was on that phone And then even when you're not on it, you're thinking about it, mm-hmm. or then maybe you also being with him, you're anticipating it, and it's and it's 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 encroaching yeah. on your time. And so I feel like that's another thing. We don't get the reset anymore. We don't get those opportunities to just walk away from work or from a situation or even from a personal relationship and just know, okay, so there's nothing more I can do. They can't be in touch with me. I can't be in touch with them. And so I'm always wondering, where's the boundary around that? And how do we navigate now that we can be reached 24-7? Now the expectation is that we be available 24-7. How do we create boundaries around this? Because now it's not just that we have the capacity to do it with the technologies, but now there's the world expectation that you need to be available to me all the time. Right. And if you're the one employee who is not available on Mm -hmm. Saturday or Sunday... Your name's going to go on the list of, you know, people to um, fire. Or not get the next promotion. Not get the next promotion or to get a really bad review. You know, so we're kind of doing this to ourselves in some ways, you know, 
by being, maybe we're, we're all being a little too overly available. But then, you know, the question becomes, how do we start to get out of that when, and I often see this with my college students, when we start to look at the topic of technology and how they're using them, that's probably the largest thing that they struggle with is because that's how everybody's basically doing business. That's how everybody else is rolling and doing things. And they feel as though if they step out and off of that, that they're going to start to jeopardize their friendships or connections. That's the whole, you know, fear of missing out on things. And that's one of the things, too, that I think we really need to be aware of is that in so many ways, the ways that the technologies are pushing our buttons, if you will, our buttons around belonging, our buttons around survival, around affiliation, around because it's a survival thing with your job. Right. So if I'm not available, maybe that's going to somehow jeopardize my position or with my college students. If I'm not available when somebody calls or I don't respond immediately to that text, people are going to think I'm angry at them. Mm. You know, and make it more of like a regular thing that all people do. All people occasionally step back. And you know what? All of those social opportunities will be there when you come back in. They really will. Because I've had to sort of like even if, imagine when somebody's sick. They have right. the flu and they're out for three days. It's not like they're never going to get invited to another party or, you know, their friends are suddenly not going to call them. You know, so I think we have to sort of set some like mental health boundaries around technology use too. I, I couldn't agree more. And that's that's one of my biggest recommendations with people when I'm working with them is to let people know how you use your devices and let people know that you're not always going to be around, you know, have uh, ways of, of responding that people understand that you're just out for a certain amount of time. But the interesting thing is, Patty, for me to even know that that's a possibility, I have to feel confident enough mm-hmm. that I can step off and that I, I still will be able to step back in whenever it is that I want to. And that's one of the places I think I'm trying to tune into more with people these days is it's one thing to say, hey, everybody, it'd be really great if we were making more conscious choices around uh, the technologies and how we're using them. And yet what I'm seeing is if fundamentally either I don't feel confident enough to make that choice or what I see way more often is if I'm so busy that I don't even have a moment to really get with myself to see whether or not what I'm doing is actually working in my life, I don't even know that that choice is available. Or if I do know that choice is available, it's going to feel too incompatible with my other belief systems. And so one of the things I keep thinking about these days is kind of getting back to the roots. Like, what is it with us that allows us to make choices uh, in the service of our own health, in the service of our own well-being? And so you mentioned boundaries, I think is a really big one. And I would also just like to add, taking the schedule down a little bit, you know, learning how to say no every once in a while so that 
you don't have a schedule that is so slammed that you couldn't possibly have an open thought if your life depended on it. No, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Where you're like, you're, you're literally just running from one thing to the next. From one thing to the next. Yes. Yeah. Like a pinball machine. Like you're like one of those balls just ricocheting around. Totally, totally. And then it's like that little ping of a text comes in and it's like, ooh, somebody wants me. And you Mm. grab your phone to look at it because it's it's a little addicting. <laughs> it yeah. It really kind of is. Yeah. But I, I do think that stepping out, being able to turn the phone off, have dinner with your family, um, trying to set some boundaries at work, I know that's really, really, really hard. For, I, I know it's not easy for my husband. You know, he works in a very um, difficult I- industry where they're putting in machines that help save people's lives. So it's not, you know, it's not something he can step away from easily, but there's gotta be some ways we as people can come up with boundaries Mm. where we can reclaim some of these things that we're losing. Yes. And and again, I think that behind the boundaries is coming to a place where you feel as though you even have the right to make that choice because boundaries are not easy to draw and we're not just talking about the technologies I know everybody I know at least at some point in their life has struggled with trying to draw a boundary so for me it almost starts to be like you have to keep backing it up and backing it up and so behind the boundaries what is it that allows me to to have that confidence and I know I'll just speak for myself personally the number one thing that's helped me in that regard is to make a firm decision to spend some time with myself every single day and so for me personally that shows up as as a yoga meditation a writing practice but it can be anything it can be just arriving a few minutes early and sitting and thinking before you have to go pick up your kids or go to an appointment. It can be just sitting with a cup of tea, staring out a window, sitting on your back porch, just something where you can sense into and feel and hear your own self because otherwise we're just going to lose track of ourselves. And, and that's, I think, where we're starting to lose things that we don't even recognize that we're losing because we're not here. You know, really what I'm talking about is trying to figure out how to be more present, to be here in your life and to be receiving the messages and the feelings that you're getting from your own life to decide, okay, does this, does this feel right to me? Does this feel good? So it's like showing up all the way, Mm. right? Having a time every single day where you're showing up all the way. Mm. And sometimes it's like surrounding yourself with people who allow you to do that and actually won't even tolerate if you're not there. Exactly. Like I said to my friend today, we were going for a walk and, you know, her phone's pinging. And I said, are we going to do this? Can't we, just, can't we just go for a walk? Yeah. And she heard me and she put it away, you know, and she turned it off because there's just nothing more frustrating mm. to meet with a friend and be excited to see a friend and they're not showing up all the way because they're too you know, concerned with who else is wanting to spend time with them. It's very frustrating. Yep. So, yeah. Um. Oh, on Patty's podcast. Terrific. And, yeah, so we're, we're kind of coming to the end of our time, but... I love that idea of showing up all the way. And so I just want to put that out to people 
to even into your own life to to ask the question so what would it be like right now for me to show up all the way either to myself or to another person and I think that you also bring up a great point in terms of when we get with our friends and family and if you're having that feeling like you're playing second fiddle to somebody's phone to figure out a way like Pat it sounds like you did it in such a kind of a good-natured way like are we really going to do this you know like it was wasn't like a shaming thing but to really because in that I feel like you're saying underneath it all I want to be with you I want to spend time with you and that's really how we're gonna remember what it is that's most important and how we're gonna not lose track of things is if we're just willing sometimes to speak from the heart and say are we really going to do this right now I I want to be with you vulnerable thing to do but good medicine in these times I think yeah yeah well Patty as always thank you for being here today and um, we'll talk again soon bye everybody